0: You've chosen a great Sunday to be here as we dive into the third essential element of walking with God that is captured in the word serve. In 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered a speech. It was a sermon, really, entitled, A Knock at Midnight. It was based on a passage from Luke chapter 11. What we find in Luke chapter 11 is that Jesus is teaching and he shares the story of an individual who goes to his neighbor's house and he knocks on the door and that knock comes at midnight. It's the midnight knock and he looks at his neighbor and says, I have a friend who just came to my house and I have nothing to give to them. Can you give me some bread? Can you give me something? so that I can take care of them and feed them. Dr. King took Luke chapter 11 and talked about how the church should be prepared and ready to solve problems with midnight representing an urgent time. It's an urgent hour for the church to solve problems. Here's what Dr. King said. But if the church will free itself from the shackles of a deadening status quo and recovering its great historic mission, will speak and act fearlessly and insistently in terms of justice and peace, it will enkindle the imagination of mankind and fire the souls of men, imbuing them with a glowing and ardent love for truth, justice, and peace." Men far and near will know the church as a great fellowship of love that provides light and bread for lonely travelers at midnight. It's that last phrase I want us to remember. People far and near will know the church as a great fellowship of love that provides this, light and bread for lonely travelers at midnight. Others first. That's the heart of what Dr. King was saying. Others first. Others first. And in serving them, we are placing others first. It's very interesting because it seems that the church or Christianity tends to focus on doing two things. Go to church, do that, and then don't do bad stuff. (laughs) That seems to be the heart of what we're told, and there's a lot of other things in there, but basically, go to church, because that's a really good thing to do, and then don't do bad stuff, but yet everybody has a different list of bad stuff, so how are you supposed to know what is the right list? Yet, I want you to hear this. The central ethic of living out the story of Jesus does not necessarily involve those two things. The central ethic of walking with God and living out the story of Jesus as revealed to us in Scripture over and over and over again is love. The central ethic of living out the story of Jesus, is love. Love for God and love for others. I believe one of the greatest ways we can demonstrate that is by serving God and serving others. Certainly there are other ways to demonstrate our love for God and our love for people, but one of the greatest ways is serving God and serving others, and in doing that, we're demonstrating our love for God. Which brings us to our theme called the walk and this third essential element of describing what does a Christian do and how do they behave? How would you describe them and define them? Well, this word serve is vitally important. Here's our big idea for today, and this will frame our conversation. A here-am-I-send-me attitude in walking with God, increases my capability of serving others. A here am I, send me. In other words, over here, here I am. God put me in the game of serving others and demonstrating my love for you and for them. Here am I, here am I. That kind of attitude, I believe, increases our capability of serving people and demonstrating our love for them and our love for God. So here am I. Here am I. I want you to remember that phrase as we move through our time together. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find the Old Testament book of Isaiah. We're going to hang out in Isaiah chapter 1. The book of Isaiah follows the book of Song of Songs, also known as Song of Solomon, which is a very interesting book. And then it comes right before the book of Jeremiah. So Song of Songs, Isaiah, and then Jeremiah. While you are searching for chapter one, here's what we need to know about this dynamic book. Many scholars believe regarding Isaiah that it is the mountaintop of Hebrew prophecy, just a critical book in the Old Testament, and it does this, it mirrors the Bible, the book of Isaiah, it actually mirrors the Bible, and here's what I mean by that, there are 66 books in the Bible, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, the book of Isaiah, this mountain of Hebrew prophecy, has 66 chapters, The first 39 chapters describe the character of God, His righteousness, His justice, and His holiness. And that very much resembles the 39 books of the Old Testament describing the character of God that way. Well, wouldn't you know, the remaining 27 chapters of the book of Isaiah talk about the character of God in relationship to His love and His compassion And his undeserved favor, which very much describes what we find in the New Testament's description of God. So Isaiah, it's just a dynamic, critical book in the Old Testament. A lot of people describe Isaiah, the author, as the Apostle Paul of the Old Testament. He came from a very wealthy Jewish family. He was well-educated. He was a poet and full of compassion, and he begins now to speak to God's people. Here's what God wants you to know, and that's what we find in Isaiah chapter 1, beginning with verse 11. Here's what Isaiah is saying to the people What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? And I'm Isaiah, and I'm giving this to you. So, what makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? So let's pause there for a moment and think about this. What's happening? Well, Isaiah is describing their acts of worship, including sacrificing, which was a part of their tradition in the Old Testament. And he's talking about how they are coming into the presence of God with a lot of pomp and circumstances. And this is what Isaiah is describing, but it seems like God's not very happy with this. Like, I don't know if I want all of this. So if you keep reading, it says in verse 15, when you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Wow. Wow. We're talking about God here, and he's saying, when when you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. So you look at this, like, I'm not really happy with how you're worshiping. And even when you are lifting up your hands in prayer, I'm not going to listen to that, I'm not going to see that. You get the sense that God's a little angry. Like, what is God's problem here? Maybe he didn't have his cup of coffee that morning. I'm not sure. But God is not very happy with them. Even though they are worshiping and taking care of sacrifices, and they're responding to God, and they are praying, God's not happy with them because he wanted a little bit more. And that's what we find in verse 17. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, and fight for the rights of widows. So basically, these two things work together. Worship, respond to the greatness of God, confess and pray, do all of that. But don't forget about acts of service To those who are vulnerable and marginalized and have been pushed to the fringes of culture. Don't forget about them as well. And the picture you get here of the people in this day is that they were worshiping, check. They had that set. Confession, check. They were doing that. Prayer, check. They were praying, even lifting up holy hands. It looked really good. And they were coming into the house of God with a lot of ceremony, check, doing all of that, yet God seems really upset and says, Okay, it's all great. It's all good responding to me and my greatness. I love it. But can you add to that? Verse 17 Learn to do good. And here's how he defines that seek justice, help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans and fight for the rights of widows. Basically, serve others. Serve others. Others first, right? The midnight knock. What do we have to offer for those in need? And how is the church solving problems? And how are we loving God and loving others through our service? How are we doing that? Can I share with you that I am very encouraged with how I see so many people here at Valley Point living out this essential practice of service? It's inspiring and amazing. And I think in many ways, there are a lot of people here inside the church walls and certainly outside the church opening the door at midnight and giving bread and light to other people. And I want to encourage all of us today because sometimes we lose sight of this in a dark world where there is so much need. We kind of lose sight of the good things that God is doing in and through all of us. So I just want to take a few moments and encourage you with what I see happening here in terms of serving. I have a friend here at Valley Point Church. Her name is Betty. And Betty is just a fantastic volunteer. She's amazing. She loves our youngest attenders. And she has given her life in service for years in this place, serving our children. When we were walking through the whole shelter in place part of the pandemic, do you remember that? When we were walking through that time period and couldn't leave and Really had to just be at home. Betty took it upon herself to say, I I really miss the kids that I get to serve every Sunday, and I don't get to be with them right now, but I miss them and I care about them, and I want to bring a smile to their faces. I want to serve them. And so here's what she did she decorated her car, she made it look like a party. It was amazing. There were signs and things hanging from it and boxes on top. It was Really a sight to see. And then she began to drive around to different kids' homes who were part of her small group. And she sat at the end of the driveway and she blared her music and she sang and she talked to them while they were outside the car and it brought a lot of smiles. I know this because she came to my house and my youngest daughter, Cambry, enjoyed all of that and had a huge smile on her face, which brought a smile to my face as well I look at Betty and how she responded during that time with a tremendous amount of creativity and a desire to place others first. Others first. Giving bread and light. There's a lady in our church right now walking through extreme physical challenges, just extreme. A lot of difficulty in her life right now, and she's extremely vulnerable. And it has been incredible to watch a group of women in our church who would never want to be named. But all of these women have surrounded her with compassion and care and they sit with her and provide meals and laugh with her and cry with her and take care of her family. They have been taking her to different appointments and just surrounding her with bread and light often. At the actual midnight hour, we have hosted Collection Love Days, and so many of you have responded by bringing just a few items with you and dropping them off outside the lobby here. And that might feel like a really small thing, but if you could hear the reports we get from our partners who collectively take everything we have given, which is often a lot. And they are overwhelmed and filled with joy that there is a church that cares enough to give them food or whatever it is that we may be collecting. The joy in their hearts and the joy that brings into their organizations tells me that many of you are responding to that midnight call and you're providing bread and light in simple and practical ways, but it's making a difference. Often on those days, we have a group of students in 6th through 12th grade who host that and take care of that, and that is a beautiful sight to see as well, them serving. There's a gentleman in our church who for years, when we were at the middle school, he was like the set-up and tear-down king. He just loved it, and that was his thing, a quiet guy Didn't jump up and down and want a lot of attention, but he'd show up early, come late, and set up and tear down. He was great at it. And then we moved into our new home, which is a great thing, but he didn't necessarily have as many opportunities to do that. But when we opened up our outside gathering and then began to set up the sun sails and signs, this individual said, here am I, over here. Over here, use me. I'd like to serve that way, and I love doing it. And he came just about every week in our 12-week time frame to set up those things and to help us create an environment where, guess what? People receive from the Word of God bread and light. See, all of these things really matter. They're really important, and so many people here at Valley Point are heeding the call to love others. As we have gathered again outside and inside, many have stepped into service with greeting and welcoming and parking, even during a pandemic. So many wonderful things happening in relationship to this essential practice of serving. And those are just the stories that I know that are happening within the walls of this place. Many are serving outside the walls of this place, which is a great thing, where you live, work, and play. And I believe God is using us to heed the midnight call and to give bread and light to others. God is at work, and it's beautiful. Do we always get it right as a church? No. I don't always get it right. I miss some God nudges. I often maybe start this way, and then I think somebody else can do that. I let people down. But today is all about the opportunity to say, based on what we see in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 17, I want to learn to do good And that goes beyond responding to the greatness of God. I want to learn to do good by serving others and loving God that way. So here am I. Here am I. I'm over here. Put me into the game of service. Knowing that increases the likelihood that we will be able to engage with people and give them the bread and the light that they need. So this is our chance to once again say, I'm here. Here am I. Use me, send me, allow me to serve others. Question, what do we do with this type of content? What's an appropriate way to respond to this? Be a bright light, give bread to others, open the door, answer the knock at midnight, Look out for the vulnerable and the marginalized. I think most of us desire to do that. But what are some practical ways we can implement this? I want to share two takeaways now. That are, it's not new information for us. You've heard these things before. But I think often we have to be reminded again and again and again, let's get back to this and let's keep doing this because it's great stuff and it's what God wants for us. So let's move into these takeaways. I think this is how we can answer the midnight call. Are you ready? Number one, kindness. Kindness. (laughs) Kindness. Will you say that with me? Kindness. May it describe us. May it describe us. And I think that's what we find here captured in verse 17. Learn to do good. Seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of the orphans, fight for the rights of widows. All that's just basic kindness. So learning to do good equals kindness. Does our world need some kindness right now? And what would it look like if a faith community just said, okay, we're going to be nice. We're going to be kind. So in our interactions, may kindness define us. In our disagreements, May kindness define us. As we solve problems inside the church and outside the church, may kindness define us. As we vote or don't vote, may kindness define us. And I think in doing that, we will be answering the midnight call. So here's something that's interesting. There's about a thousand people that call Valley Point home. A little bit more than that, but let's go with the nice even number of 1,000. Just think about this for a moment. If 1,000 people did five acts of kindness, they just thought of others first and extended kindness five times throughout one week, well, that would equal 5,000 acts of kindness just coming from us, just coming from this faith community. 5,000 acts of kindness, that's a lot. Now, extrapolate that over a year. And what you find is that would equal 260,000 acts of kindness. Just from Valley Point, thinking of others first, answering the midnight call, looking out for the vulnerable and the marginalized, extending a helping hand, whatever that looks like, acts of kindness. If we just did five of those a week, that's a lot of kindness flowing out of this place. And what a difference, what a difference that would make in our communities. Now, here's what I love about five acts of kindness. If you did one per day, you still have two days to be your grumpy old self. Right? Like, this is doable, I think. You could even do five acts all on one day and have the other six to do whatever, I guess. Not that that would be a good thing. But this is very doable. Kindness. May it define us, and all of us should pursue five acts of kindness throughout the week. What a difference that would make. Okay, takeaway number two. It's the word act. Kindness is a form of acting, but we want to take it a little further. And here's what I mean by act. I think we have the opportunity to provide light and bread to others privately as we act. And learn to do good. Seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, and fight for the rights of widows. We have the right and the opportunity to do that privately. You know, you have to be a part of a church to do good things and serve others. And again, there are so many stories of you doing this where you live, work, and play in your office, in your school, in your home, on that team. So many of you just privately are acting and it is extraordinary. And the challenge is to keep doing that. What about corporately? So we act privately, and everybody should be pursuing that in your own places. But corporately as a church, we have this unique opportunity to link arms and to hold hands. I guess we can't hold hands anymore, so let's just think about linking arms, all right? We have the opportunity to link arms and do more together than what we could do on our own, and that's the beauty and power of a faith community and a church, and there are so many opportunities right here at Valley Point to inspire and to serve others. I'm thinking of Kid Point. These are our youngest attenders, and they begin meeting again as was announced next Sunday at 10 o'clock and 11:30 a.m., and what would it look like if you said, okay, part of my service is to serve these children and help them receive bread and light. There's amazing opportunities within our student ministry. Think about this. How incredible would it be if you had the opportunity to mentor and coach a 6th through 12th grade student and help them just get a big picture of what God is able to do and help them trust in his guiding hand? That would be amazing. So there's opportunity within Kid Point and opportunity within our student ministry. We have safety and security teams. We have a worship and a production team. There are a lot of ways that we can link arms with other people and do more together than what we ever could accomplish on our own. Here's what I want you to consider. Give volunteering a shot. Just give it a shot. And see what God does in and through that to help us live out what we find here in Isaiah 117. Learn to do good. Learn to do good. We have opportunities right here within the walls of this place to learn to do good and give bread and light to others. So give it a shot and see what happens. As you exit today, we have a volunteer expo. You may have noticed the tables coming in. We have different ministries set up out there and you can talk to them and receive a little bit of information as you think about how to live out what we've talked about today. You can grab that information and then begin the process of having conversations with ministry leaders to see where God might lead you. Here's what else you can do. Online, right in the landing page, there's a button that says volunteer opportunities. You can click on that, It pulls everything up and you can sign up for something there and a ministry leader will contact you with details about how you can step into this essential practice of serving others. So give it a shot. Give it a shot and see what God does. Now, for those watching online, I want to talk to you for just a moment. Many of you aren't able to be in the building right now, and we understand that, and we want to respect the choices that people are making right now in relationship to meeting in person or remaining online. Serving others is a grand opportunity for you as well. It doesn't just happen inside the building. So here's what you can do if you're watching online, and you're going to be doing that for a while. You can go to the website and click on volunteer opportunities. It's right on the landing page, And there you will see a whole host of things that can happen outside of here. And if you sign up for that, we'll have someone talk you through that. We want our whole church to be involved in being a bright light and giving bread to others, answering this call at midnight. That can happen in this building, and it should be happening outside this building as well. May God give us the courage and the strength to step into this essential practice. Now, I hear this every once in a while. Sometimes people feel that volunteering at the church isn't needed because we all look nice and we've got our hair combed for the most part and we've got our act together and there aren't vulnerable and lonely and marginalized people within the church. Is that true? No, it's not true. There are many lonely, vulnerable, and marginalized people that come into this building week after week and are desperately longing for someone to interact with them, someone to love them, someone to serve them. And many people here are finding that kind of hope. So everything we do from dropping off cans of food to waving at people to offering a kind word to serving their kids and teaching them and everything that happens Inside Valley Point and outside Valley Point, it matters because people here in this place desperately need that bread and that light. I want to read something to you from a friend. So I have a a dear friend who started attending here many years ago, a dear sister, and she came in and was really wanting to know more about God, and she started to develop a great walk with God. It was a beautiful thing to see. And then she moved away and couldn't attend here anymore. And when she moved away, life kind of unraveled for her a little bit. And it was a tough time. Well, that unraveling brought her back to this area. And so she recently started coming back to Valley Point. And here's what she says. My first service I attended at Valley Point was on Easter 2010. I only knew the person who invited me and I was a little overwhelmed starting over again in my faith walk. I didn't know how I'd be accepted as I grew up in a different kind of church. However, every person I encountered was friendly, caring, and helpful. I never looked back. As I continued attending, I knew I wanted to share the good news of Jesus with others as they had done for me. So I volunteered in many areas and enjoyed spreading the good news to every person I encountered. Fast forward a few years, I moved. And it was too far to attend service here. I was saddened as this is where I renewed my faith. However, I'd visit now and then and was so honored to greet when they held their first service here at what is now our real home. In the six years, whenever I come to visit, it was like I never left. The friendliness, caring, kindness, and genuine love shown to me was transparent in every person I met, including those who I never knew before. This past year has seen changes for me, as I'm sure for everyone else. I've moved back and the first thing I did was ask Pastor Eric for a counseling session. My heart was broken. I needed to heal. I, who had been away from Valley Point for six years, was welcomed back with open arms, love, and compassion. COVID, and I started attending the online service every week. When doing the online service, we were asked if we had any prayer requests. I clicked on it. And after service, I was immediately sent to an online room where someone was there to listen and pray with me. While attending online service, an online greeter sent me a Facebook friend request. When I accepted, she proceeded to tell me that she felt drawn to contact me. I'd never met her in person, yet she has been a daily comforter, supporter, and has prayed for me every day. I can't wait for the day I meet her in person and give her a huge hug. I've since started attending in person, and the love, compassion, caring, and support from everyone at Valley Point has helped ease my difficult path. I am just one of many blessed people who Valley Point has helped. Yes, they minister to many and it's their real love, compassion, and caring that makes Valley Point my real home. Do people here need bread and light? You bet they do. And everything you do in the name of Jesus is helping people find this. So the essential practice of serve, it's more than just for those who are really good at that kind of thing. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. And when we engage in service with how we're wired and what drives us here at Valley Point and certainly outside of Valley Point, it opens up opportunities to walk in deeper ways with God. Back to the big idea. A here-am-I-send-me attitude in walking with God increases my capability of serving others. Let's serve others the way God wants us to and deepen our walk with Him. Father, Luke chapter 11 describes for us this midnight knock and paints a picture of how we as individuals and certainly we as the church should be ready to respond and inconvenience ourselves for those who are vulnerable and needy. God, I pray that you'd help all of us as we just consider what our next step should be in relationship to this essential practice. Help us to be ready to obey you. And to keep serving you, if that's what we've been doing, and maybe this is just a call to say, I'm still here, I'm still here, and I'm doing it, and may we feel energized with that. God, if we haven't engaged in that, help us to live out what we find here in Isaiah chapter 1 to do good, to raise our hand and say, Put me into this game of serving so that I can love people the way God loves them and deepen my walk with God along the way. Help us now, we do pray, to respond appropriately in Jesus' name, amen.